Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us today, the editor of the Weekly Standard, Bill Crystal. Bill, I got a sneak preview of your uh, editorial coming up, and I have to say, I want to appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that you brought up what President Obama has said about Afghanistan in the past versus his action. I think it's a great window into this amazing transformation of the Obama foreign policy before our eyes. Well, it's unfortunately an amazing collapse of the Obama foreign policy. I say unfortunately uh, because, of course, it's America's foreign policy and has been for four, four and a half years. And uh, we're now just, it's now in disarray everywhere. And it's become evident to an awful lot of people, maybe to the president. But one problem I point out in the editorial is he believes so much in his theories of foreign policy. Uh, the tide of war is receding. Uh, uh, we have to be very, you know, America has to, has often been, as much part of the problem as part of the solution. He doesn't say that, but that seems to be what he what he believes. Uh, um, we need to lead from behind. That um, we're really looking at a world that just across the board, uh, our friends have lost all confidence in us. Uh, our enemies are emboldened. This shutdown of the embassies throughout the Middle East, I, I take it it was, of course, done for the right, when trust it was done for the right reasons and, and maybe it was necessary, but the signal it sent was really appalling, I think, in terms of us being on the run, not al-Qaeda. So it's um, it's bad. It's bad, and we're going to have to resist as well as we can for the next three and a half years and strengthen the nation as much as you can without having a strong president, which is hard, and then obviously reverse things in January 2017. I just hope we don't pay too much of a price before then. Well, as a reader, the reason I found the Afghanistan part so compelling is that it's, you know, many Obama supporters say, well, look at the messes he had to pick up and the world was in a bad shape, et cetera. But President Obama, as a candidate and early on in his presidency, said this mission is important. This war must be won. This matters to me, he said. And now it's clear that if every American troop were teleported away by aliens tomorrow from Afghanistan, as far as a policy standpoint, he could care less. Right. I mean, even when he ordered the surge, which I supported, he, he undercut it to a considerable degree by announcing the withdrawal and making clear that that was really the, the key goal. I mean, it's more important to get out than to win. That, and ultimately, you do have to make that decision. You have to, Are you willing to, as Bush did in Iraq, say it's more important to win and we're going to tough it out and we made mistakes and we're going to even admit some of those mistakes? He, Bush never quite admitted that not, not sending more troops before 2007 had been a mistake, but in effect, he corrected his, his, his errors. And uh, Obama just seems determined to get out, and the doesn't, you know, is willing to put up, I suppose, with the consequences of what happens elsewhere. And of course, this week, the Al Qaeda, uh, what happened subsequently, uh, the Al Qaeda, the, the developments with Al Qaeda, which was supposed to be on the run, and Al Qaeda core, as they like to call it, wasn't in touch with the affiliates. And then it turns out, well, gee, they're not really on the run, and they are in touch with each other, and they seem to be conspiring. And uh, throughout the Middle East, uh, people are looking at us closing our embassies, not at Al Qaeda. Uh, um, in disarray. So, again, it's it's distressing. It's you know fun from a partisan point of view, I guess, to point out that oh look, Obama said this, and now look at that. But really, this is uh, unlike domestic policy, where you can really stop a president, prevent him from doing too much damage. I think in an area like immigration, even in health care, perhaps roll back some of what he's done when he had huge Democratic majorities in Congress. Uh, foreign policy is just very hard to fix from outside or from Congress. I think one can prevent. Some of the worst things, uh, I hope Congress acts to prevent the total gutting of the defense budget, which will take a long time to recover from. But we just need to put pressure on the president. Uh, and look, it may also be the case that other countries will have to step up. If, if President Obama is not going to stop Iran's nuclear program, Israel may have to do so. I have to uh, correct something you've said many times, Bill Chris, which is that this president is disengaged. I know for a fact he's personally involved. He got involved 
as a man, one-on-one to solve the problem of Congress possibly being under Obamacare. He did step in for the staffers. So see, he does get engaged. Yeah, that is amazing, and I hope people are making a good deal of that. Uh, We've covered it on the website, of course, and others have too, but... Right. The one thing he wants to do is make sure that the staffers are taken care of by the taxpayer. It's not the case that the staffers wouldn't otherwise be taken care of. Their employers could simply increase their salaries enough to make up for the additional part of the premium they would have to cover. That's what a lot, you know, that's just routine. The, the employers, the senators and the congressmen might have to cut back on total staff or cut back on the number of letters they send us or cut back on their travel or whatever. And, and Welcome to the real world where people are making these trade-offs, in part because of the burdens that Obamacare and other federal regulations are putting on small businesses uh, and on families. But, but no, with Congress, we're stepping in the taxpayers to take care of this problem that Obamacare, uh, the fact that they're going to be in the exchanges. Um, it really is a window into uh, the president. It's a window into inside the Beltway mentality in both parties. The Republican Senatorial Committee and Democratic Senatorial Committee apparently cut a deal not to use this issue against each other, which is really the kind of thing that infuriates, I think, citizens out there in, in, in America and, and should do so. Well, they can say they're not going to use it, but I happen to know a lot of conservatives in the media who will be using it without any yeah. permission from the RNSC. Uh, but the uh, issue of Obamacare raises the question. There's an interesting debate going on about how Republicans should prioritize the next few months. Should it be, let's have a big fight about stopping Obamacare and, and dig in there, or should it be focusing on stopping the immigration reform bill? And some people are afraid that Obamacare will distract away from a winning play for the Republicans on immigration. I think they help each. I don't agree. I think fighting on both fronts helps uh, on either, because at the end of the day, you got to show that you can stop the worst aspects of the Obama agenda. These are two of them. Uh, in the case of immigration, it's stopping a bill from becoming law. In the case of Obamacare, it's doing as much as we can. And there are tactical issues about how much we can do and how to leverage the continuing resolution or the debt ceiling, but how much we can do to delay and disrupt and stop Obamacare. I would focus on on the individual mandate. Uh, Obama himself had to suspend the employer mandate. I think it's a very strong case to be made for suspending the individual mandate as well. And I think having that kind of laser focus might be more effective than just saying defund all of Obamacare or else. But I also think the exchanges, which are coming into being on January 1st, key to Obamacare, uh, it looks like it's just a fiasco. Mike Astrew's written for us now a couple of times on the total failure to have privacy provisions uh, and security controls on these exchanges. Uh, HHS can't testify to the fact that they're going to be secure. And we're, what, a month and a half out from October 1st when they're supposed to begin. I think that's an extremely compelling case for the Senate and the House in September to say, wait a second, no individual mandate, no exchanges. Maybe you don't get to every fund defunding everything else in Obamacare because you don't have the same kind of uh, argument that you can make to voters that, look, we're not just relitigating a, a fight here that we lost and that, of course, the Democratic Senate and the president are never going to accept, which is the idea of let's just remove Obamacare from the books or defund the entire thing for a year. But on the mandate and on the exchanges, Republicans have a very strong, concrete, practical reason to uh, argument to make. And I think it could be very effective and very awkward for the administration to explain why these things shouldn't be delayed. So I'm for that tactic. A little more for delay the key parts, a little less for defund the whole thing. But this is a, you know, uh, an interesting tactical dispute that will get worked out over the next three, four weeks. Um, I think the key is to for people to realize it's a tactical dispute. We don't need people on the complete defunding side saying that you're, you know, a traitor to conservatism right. if you have a slightly different tactical view. We don't need people also, though, on the other side saying, 
any fighting is foolish. We're going to hurt ourselves. We we we, we, we can't Surrender even mention now. the word. Why we can't even mention the word continuing resolution because it looked like a government shutdown and God forbid Obama will kill us. I'm not so worried about that. We are allowed to to try to fight and we're allowed to use what levers we have. We should be smart about it and right. there may be times we'll decide to we can't win and we'll and we'll uh, give in on some things. But I'm I'm for fighting both immigration and Obamacare very aggressively. I got to tell you, sometimes it feels like if you're in a room full of Republicans, everyone either has a white flag or a can of gasoline poured over their head and a match in their hand. You can't. Somewhere's totally. got to be somebody in between that. there. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, uh, I've been saying, yeah, there's the kind of, you know, the surrender caucus and the kamikaze caucus. But you're right. I mean, it really is a little crazy. You know, there are there is a middle way usually between yes. those two alternatives. And, and, and the middle way presents itself, particularly when you mention the issue of your health information and your how comfortable are you with the government? Because you have the IRS story sitting there. You have the NSA story. However you feel about the actual policy, it's a story that raises concerns. And then I don't know if you I, I don't know. If, I assume you're a big uh uh, a big Dave Letterman fan, uh, Bill, you don't watch Leno. But did you see the president on Jay Leno say the sentence, we do not have a domestic surveillance program, even as the New York Times on the front page had a story, the Obama administration is reading, is scanning, excuse me, every single email sent from America abroad. But we don't have a spying program. I mean, you know, I've been a defender of the administration basically on the NSA and on most of the counter war and terror measures, but I've got to say the degree to which they say one thing and then something else comes out makes me worry that, um, you know, we don't have the whole story. I don't think they're, you know, perp- I think they're, to the degree they're misleading people, I think it's foolish misleading. I don't think they're, you know, targeting right. Michael Graham and saying, let's scan his email, sure. but they need to be candid about what they're doing, and then we can think about, as a country, and Congress can think about, well, is this the right way to do it, or do we need additional checks and balances? But the degree of um, the lack of candor, the kind of complacency, don't worry, it's all fine, and then it turns out <laughs> we're not sharing any information. Well, actually, maybe we are going to share some of it with the Drug Enforcement Administration or other parts of the federal government. It's unclear who has access to what. I mean, I agree that some of the reporting on this has been distressing, really, especially to someone like me who has been pretty much of a defender of the mm-hmm. NSA program. And I still would be, but I we need some clarity about what is and isn't being done. But, you know, uh, the one criticism I've never had of the president, I've always thought that he was trying to tell us what he thought was true, even though I think his view of the world is kind of skewed. But to go on TV and say, when the, the running joke on Leno for two months has been domestic surveillance, and to say it's not there, that would like that would be like Bill Clinton saying, Monica who? I mean, that's even a, that's, that's a bigger stretcher than we heard back in the Clinton years, and I think it undermines the willingness of people to just trust the administration with their information, whether it's health records, tax records, and all of that goes right back to Obamacare. Yeah, it does. You know, Obamacare really is the uh, fatal kind of uh, choice, I think, that the president made. Uh, you know, don't fix, he could have gone first after fixing the economy, he would have had mm-hmm. some bipartisan support for a lot of what he wanted to do. Instead, all of 09, 010 was, uh, not all of it, but most of it was about Obamacare. It cost him the House in 2010. He survived, nonetheless, in 2012 for various reasons that we don't even want to go back to. But I think it remains the big government attempt to take over, what, a fifth, a sixth of our economy and regulate everything from Washington. It's It's going to become... I think it's. I mean, for now, it's depressing because it may go into effect, and it is on the books. But it may be go down in history as the sort of moment where uh, big government liberalism, uh, centralized expertise, really overreached in a way that people just aren't going to put up with. It isn't going to work in the 21st century. It could be a real moment of opportunity for conservatives if conservatives fight hard now, and also, of course, come up with 
uh, a conservative reform agenda in healthcare and other areas. We can't just say, let's go back to the way it was in 2008. That wasn't real good either. We want less government, more competition, more accountability, and the like. So I, I think there's a real opportunity here for conservatives. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.